0: When the world turns back on me, I was up against the wall, I had no foundation, no friends or no family to catch my fall, running on empty, was nothing left in me but
1: doubt,
2: I picked up a pen, and I wrote my way in. I picked up the pen like Hamilton, street analyst, now I write words and try to channel them, no political power. Just lyrical power. sitting on a crate on the corner, sipping for hours. Steemin on a come up from even the sun up, my man awaiting child. Misdemeanors with younger, courtroom prejudice, insufficient evidence. Jailhouse lawyers, these images still relevant.
0: What's going on? Once again, it's the real the real to jump off. I'm your host, Walter Damager,
1: and I'm Rob Cooper the Jetta. What's going on, family?
0: What's going on? We letting everybody know we're back again on an all in platform, all in politics. And brother, we got a very interesting show for everybody tonight. And I will usher it to you, to usher us in.
1: Absolutely. We have uh, Keith uh, Arthur Bolton, who's who's uh, been with a, a longtime friend of mine. I believe, Keith, we go back maybe 20 years ago. I met this, this young, very talented uh, faculty member at my alma mater, Lock Haven. University and uh, from the minute that I met him, who full disclosure happened to be one of my frat brothers, an achievement in all fields of human endeavor, Cap Al Uh oh. I I knew I, he would be up in the mountains too long. He he was he, he was going to be moving and 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 shaking. And, and uh, with, with your ambition, you know, you you really have done some big things in the entertainment uh, business and now um you are and, and also as well as academia uh now you're the the professor uh, of, um, of at, a professor right now at, at Spellman uh, University down in in Atlanta Georgia uh, who by the way I think you share with me a, a famous um a famous actor came out of there, um, out of that uh, school. Uh, what What's his name? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> how did that? How, that was a, 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 a
2: women's school, so
1: how did, how did that work out?
2: Well, it's a, so well, it's not a, it's not a well kept secret. It's not even a secret. Um, <laughs> but Boarhouse doesn't have a theater department, and consortium, okay of what used to be four schools, now three, with Clark Atlanta University, Morehouse College, and Spelman College, um, students are able to take classes at different campuses. However, there are a few programs, theater being one of them, uh, that the Morehouse men have to come over take all of their classes at Spelman, right, because the, right. theater's not offered at Morehouse. So they actually, they get the degree from Morehouse, but they actually get their training at Spelman. Oh,
1: wow, wow. That, that's a, that's a, and interesting. Right now, ironically,
2: I have more men in the program than I do.
1: Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, you got to and, that. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> now, how long have you, um, how long have you been uh, at Spellman And just let's just talk about your, your academia background, you know, working in faculty. As I mentioned, you were at Lock Haven. Uh, you know, how long have you been in the industry and developing, you know, young students?
2: Um, well, I started teaching when I was in graduate school at, uh, at the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. And that was, uh, I started teaching in 99. So we had to teach for our graduate assistantship, we had to teach eight classes a semester. And then from there, uh, in 2002, I accepted the job at Lockhaven, and I stayed there until 04, uh, moved to New York, uh, well, officially moved to New York, but my wife and I, uh, we were dating at the time. Uh, We moved into our New York apartment a week before I got the offer, when we signed our lease, a week before I got the offer to teach at Haven. So we did a long distance thing for a couple of years. Um, And then, um, after left New York, went to LA, taught it as an adjunct at Cal State LA. Um, and then uh, I went on with for jobs and uh, ultimately uh, got offer of a teaching job at Spelman in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, we just was thinking about the opportunity. We, we didn't know, we knew Atlanta had a theater scene, <laughs> but we didn't know it had this uh, film, film industry uh, uh, scene that it had here. So when we moved here, we were just moving like okay, we're just gonna start a new life. We'll buy a house, have some greenery around us, and you know maybe transition into develop developing ourselves as artistic leaders instead of uh, uh, solely entertainers or actors. So, uh, but Atlanta's been the best move so far.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting you talk about you know Atlanta. Uh, I know probably going back maybe twenty to thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, Atlanta was big in the music industry. We knew about LaFace and, and some of the other big record companies like, down there. But what I didn't know is, um, you know, how big of a film industry uh, was was down Atlanta. So, so, tell me about that. I mean, because first thing, everything everyone thinks about is Hollywood, right away. You think everything is filmed in Hollywood, you know?
2: And, every, and, every, and everything is named after Hollywood, Bollywood, Hollywood. You know, now we're the Holly, South, South, Hollywood South. Um, you know, people think it happened overnight, man. But really, it started really in the '70s, man. When uh, Jimmy uh, Carter was, was governor, he started putting infrastructure here and tax breaks, tax credits here for shows to start shooting here, uh, so that you have shows like in the heat of the night so those shows kind of planted the groundwork for an industry so people come they start filming they start leaving stuff behind you know equipment and stuff like that so now it's easier for people to to pick up production and then of course now with the, the building of major studios and I will say Todd Perry was probably the first major right. person to usher that in and he was doing it for years so it's a, it's a right to work state so you don't really have to deal with unions uh, uh, but now they have to in terms of SAG and stuff. But uh, there, there, were, there were a few th- loopholes you could get through at the beginning of it. And, and people saw that Tyler Perry was able to make some money. Right. And so, of course, yes. Hollywood followed. And uh, when we moved here, it was right at kind of the bubble. They were just starting to pop. And I, I mean, I would audition. Hmm, how do how I say? I would book more than I would even audition in LA. Wow. It just didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I, I was in my I was in, I was in my late thirties, moving moved back to LA, um, and I think casting directors have a hard time looking at your resume full of stuff, but they don't know you, they don't recognize you. I was, I was doing theater for so long, right. uh, and then using this medium is so much more different than theater, and so I, I didn't get enough runs at it to really be get good at it in auditioning. So when I moved to Spelman, Atlanta, the first thing my wife and I did, I don't know how we, we got hooked up with this, this woman who hired us to teach an on-camera class. Now, Tanashi had taken an on-camera class, my wife, uh, but we didn't really have a lot of experience.
0: So yeah, you fake it. Right, right.
2: I will say that I learned more by teaching in that class and that kind of propelled me for the auditions I was gonna have with my new Atlanta agent. And so when I would when I would book, I invested in equipment so everything looked good, and so my auditions just stood out more than other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more times of people moving here now, so now it's getting a little uh, a little more competitive. But I, my wife and I kind of made names for ourselves, so people know, oh, this Keith can do this, or this can do that. So it's just been slowing down because of COVID. Right,
1: right. And and we're going to talk a little bit about that too, uh, you know, how COVID is affecting the the industry overall, both on the screen and stage. Walt, uh, bring in Walt uh, Burrow, my my partner.
0: Yeah, I was just uh, very intrigued by, you know, that extensive uh, background he just gave. Um, (laughs) But theater as you just stated now, um, it's a very integral part now because a lot of people is stay at home. Um, what is your ideas as far as uh, the gravity of what's taking place around theater and right now and more people like acting that may be out of work or whatever else what what is your uh, take on the projected move and push in a theatrical field? You know
2: i I, I realize that I'm I mean, my, myself and my wife are blessed positions to where we're still working at our respective jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if this goes on more than a year, then we'll probably be talking differently. Um, but I can't imagine the pressure that these artists are going through. You know, we deal with rejection every day, doubt every day, maybe living paycheck to paycheck, maybe on government assistance, unemployment, you know? But we always have the, uh, the hope um, and the drive for the audition because the audition is the hope that gets us into the door for a job that will give us more weeks for our insurance or you know, secure us four or five months of rent. But now the possibility doesn't even exist because we, I'm not even auditioning because jobs just don't exist. Uh, these production companies are still making money on residuals because people are watching more television now. You know, Hamilton was released four or five months early uh, to Disney Plus. I think the, the plan was to release it in theaters, uh, but they know more people are at home watching TV. You actually have a captive audience now. Um, Hamilton is a, is a good deal because those actors worked out a deal where they get residuals on any money that's made from the production that they recorded. It's not the same for theater actors. People are trying to stay active. They're trying to uh, find ways to make money. They're doing virtual meetings for free just to keep the mind sharp. Right, right. Uh, there's some commercials that are shooting. My wife and I auditioned for a commercial. It's running now. It's a Mercedes commercial. Okay, uh,
1: congratulations.
2: You know, I know I didn't book it. No, we didn't okay, book it. Okay, okay, okay. But it was the hope of the job. Yes, it was, right, okay. The job was taken away. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, but but this, this couple buying buying a car virtually using Zoom with the, tra- with the sell they did for savings deal. So these people are they're trying to figure out how they can employ actors and keep new content coming in fresh into the homes. But it, it's really uh, you know, it's not like they can go away tables. Because, right,
1: right, right.
2: Um, you know, really got to try to figure this.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, you know,
2: it's it... It's coming home to roost. So all I'm saying, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, we, we really, we really, as a, as a country, could have handled the situation a lot better. too. you know, the banks, the banks, and the airlines, and everybody can get bailouts, and the citizens should be able to get bailouts because the money right. comes from the citizens That's in the right. first place. That's They're right. giving it back to them so they can survive. So They don't, they don't have to to worry. You don't have to, cause it's going to come to a point, man, where people go, if you get hungry enough, people start breaking in homes, right. start breaking businesses. Cause I got to eat. I got to feed my people. And I'm not turning dark. Sorry.
1: No, 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 no. That, that's exactly what we, what we talk about. I mean, we, when we, we look at, you know, this, and you just kind of look back from January to now we've seen $7 trillion. Uh, that it was supposed to be, you know, kind of like pandemic money, but to your point, that seven trillion dollars is falling in whose pockets? It, it definitely is not, you know, falling into the pockets of the uh, 327 million uh, Americans here who, um, I don't care what position you are right now, who are struggling, and um, and and then you 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 throw on, you know. How, like, how, many America, how,
2: how many Americans is it?
1: 300, about 327 million. That's America. all we have in America? Exactly. So about 327,
2: about 330
1: million. 7 trillion dollars? 7 trillion dollars. So that average is about a trillion dollars per month.
2: So you could have given every citizen a million dollars.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You and I see it eye to
2: eye. And who? Cool.
1: Exactly.
2: Who would have been spending it back?
1: Yes, okay. So, but
2: instead you investing
1: in companies in hopes right. to trick. Exactly. I, I, exactly. So what kind of sense does that what kind of sense does that that make? And we and and, and really, you know, what we could have done and and, and and I'm not just saying this, this is what scientists have said. You know, I know they're 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 anxiously awaiting a vaccine. Uh, vaccine, uh but but you know, the other countries like New Zealand has zero cases. And what they essentially did was smother the virus through, through social distancing. And if, and had we did what we were supposed to do back in February or March when it was a hoax, um, we, uh, we would be back to normal. Maybe, maybe we may be wearing a mask or two here or there, but, you know, we would have been, we would have been back to, um, Back to work, and, and the economy would been open, and we've been on the road to uh, recovery. But I guess when folks are, you know, getting those type of numbers seven trillion dollars a year, they, they weren't too quick to, you know, put those dollars down and keep those dollars from flowing into uh, their pockets. So it was like
2: so you know, incentivize the wrong thing, you know. If if you incentivize people, if you give them a hundred dollars a month to carpool, they'll carpool, more, right? Right. Uh, you how to incentivize people to do things, uh, and I, and I feel like um, uh, this country could have made it a contest. That's you right. Know?
1: That's right. That's right. You know,
2: we're gonna give you these these, these masks. we hey, wh- whoever has the most hours of mask clock gets a thousand dollars. Something right. like. As opposed right. to no, no, it's a hope to will go away when it gets hot.
1: That's right, that's right. And and, and now you now and, and, and so now now we're here and we and we we see and in the picture that you just gave, Keith. You know when you when you look at the actors and this is one of the I'm so glad that you're able to join us because people look on Netflix and they look at uh, you know they even go, maybe even go to Broadway and you know you see the glamour, the glitz and the glamour of acting but they don't realize it and you even put even the backup plan is taken away the waiting tables you know the wait tables they get an audition they get a shot boom they're, they're in and, and and they're good but you know this this uh the way this pandemic was managed you know there's there's essentially is very little avenues out and um you know we we just hope that uh you know this thing could get better so that you know our our um our whole community, you know what I mean? Our, our frontline workers, um, our entertainers, our athletes, you know, folks can get back to, you know, earning, earning uh, dollars, becoming consumers and putting money back into the the, the, uh, the economy. But right now what we have, it, it, to me, it looks like a money grab and no one is really cons- concerned uh, about
2: yeah, yeah, consumers. Everything's, 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 Boils down to money, you know. If you listen to to our commander in chief,
0: mm-hmm. every
2: time every time he resorts to something, it's always well, the money, the money. Yes, somebody says something bad about him, soon It yes. all comes down to money, and money clearly yes. cannot solve all problems. But that's what he runs on. Yes, he doesn't run on the humanity of people, mm-hmm. um, and and it's really it's it's really sad. And you know the sad the sad. Well, you know, I think there are great things that come out of this. I think that uh, people are able to call BS when they see it. Now, you know, I think that people uh, people have more agency to call it out. <laughs> yeah, but it's a yin and a yang. You know, I think that we are utterly aware and utterly sensitive to things and we have a cancel culture. And I think we, we can't cancel everybody out. That's right. Uh, you know, some people have to atone and make good on the atrocities that they've given to people. So we have to leave room for that forgiveness, which is one of the things in Hamilton, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. Because in Hamilton, Hamilton, it's forgiveness. And what do we get, and people are so afraid of what they're gonna lose if they give in to the pandemic or or the rules of the pandemic, or the social uprising that we're having now. They're so worried about what they're gonna lose, they don't even think about what they gain. Right? right these pol- these corporations these these white american theaters you actually gain an entirely new audience because your old white audience is dying that's right your old right. this country is dying there's no more that's new right. money in this country than old money so when those people start dying off those generations are dying off and, and um y- y- you have to look at what you're gonna what you're gonna gain
1: that's right
2: you can't i'm the that's coolest right. person <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, it keep, you know it, it speaking of the, uh, the quarantine time of, of the um, pandemic, you know, obviously I, like most Americans, we did a lot of binge watching and I ran across some, um, and, and I think I talked to Walt about this, um, you know, when I when I found the show. I was so busy, so I didn't have a chance to watch anything on, on Netflix over the last three years, but I found a very interesting show uh, that you happened to be uh, uh, played a part in uh, called um, Containment. And, and, and it was real interesting you know i was watching the movie and it really talks about a pandemic you know breaking out in, in a major major city major metropolitan area and you actually played uh, a part of a frontline worker so tell me a little bit about that i know you, you probably you guys probably recorded it. you could you can tell the audience when you recorded it and just talk about that and, and, and seeing you know your work from from a few years ago and seeing it today and how how prophetic it was.
2: Yeah, you know, man, sometimes TV can be ahead of its time. You know, you think of the Twilight Zone, Alpha Hitchcock, Containment, um, you know, shows that aren't right for the time. Some shows are given a chance to live and breathe. Well, more more in the past, you know, if, if, if Seinfeld were to premiere today, Seinfeld wouldn't make it because they gave Se- Seinfeld had actually three years to find an audience. And, and it's more, one of the most successful uh, shows in history. Um, Uh, But containment was given. It it didn't get renewed after this first season, which I'm bummed about because I was hoping to come back. Uh, But I did do the pilot episode, um, and uh, a lot of people found it during the pandemic. It it, it had a resurgence. I was getting a lot of text messages because my character says, "I'm not dying for this." (laughs) It gets to a a confrontation with with a citizen, and I'm, I'm a nurse. And uh, she said, she's just coming from from the infected area. I'm like, whoa, and I say six feet. (laughs) Back up six feet, this is a real thing. The the, the writer went to the CDC and this is a real thing. Six feet is a real thing. And then she she starts walking closer and I just throw throw it in my bag and say, hey, I'm not dying for this. Um, So that was fun to shoot, you know, it took a while. Uh, It's it's amazing how long it takes to, to shoot stuff sometimes but yeah it's, i think it's 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 a little prolific um, to be involved in something that's happening that's current um uh, also i did a i did i was in the series underground the second season of underground and while it was in the past because of the themes that the show brought up and the music they used it seemed current uh, so this is a this is much different to to watch containment now and see wow wait it. Our mayor just said the same thing. What's going on? So. But artists, you know, artists artists are the, um, the windows to society. You know, if, if treated properly, if people um, get out of their heads, you can... It's, it's, it, they, most people see what they want to see. Uh, but if you look at it, the, 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 temperament of music around, the temperament of music around you, and you watch the things that are on TV and on television, especially on the news, what the news leads with is what what we are uh, infected with. Um, I'm going off on a tangent quickly, sorry. So, I'm, huh. a, I'm a big movie. Is that cool? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I just thought about containment and pandemics and being infected. I don't know if you remember this movie, 28 Days, like the British right. film with the the, the thing, at the beginning of it, the monkeys were were infected, right? The monkeys were going crazy, they were just upset. And the animal activists came in to free them, doing their their God-given service. And then they said, the monkeys are, are infected, they're infected. And they said, what are they infected with? And the guy said, rage. And that haunts me, right? That, the fact that we can be as animals, as people, so infected with rage that we can't control our own thoughts and desires, our carnal, our our our, our carnal, uh, what what's the word I'm trying to use? Come on, Rob, you went to school. Desires, uh, our, our primitive desires. Carnal desires. Thanks, Walt. Appreciate
0: that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, tangent. Well, um, me and Rob had multiple discussions behind the scenes um, in regards to. How theater plays out, and as you said, things—some things are prophetic, some art imitates life. Uh, one of the things that I had asked Rob, and I believe it had to do with adaptations. And what I mean by that is, you know, from book form to written form to acting it out, condensing all content into material that's digestible by the public. Like, how does that transpire? Like, how does that fit into the role of a director's view versus uh, the person that's trying to get you to understand what they're bringing to the stage or the arena? Like, how does that play a big part? Because in some aspects, there may be some things that's left out that some people may feel as though was more important that you find in a book, than as opposed to like, just having it all act out in place and play. That's a
2: good question. Um, you know, plays, most most plays, I will say 99% of plays go through a developmental stage. Uh, They're developed probably more than any other medium you can think of. Uh, Some plays never reach full production because they just get stuck in the development phase. Uh, Hamilton was developed for over seven years, right? Uh, Going through different workshops, uh, having different artists attached to it. And and When I I say it, now I'm talking about most plays. Right, right musicals uh, but you know you the, the creator who is typically the writer and maybe the star you know they, they, they bring in a collaborator or director they want to work with that will help flesh out the story. Um, August Wilson had Lloyd Richards right uh, Lloyd Richards would serve really kind of as August Wilson's uh, director and dramaturg he would tell August what was too heavy and what what, what was needing to be cut. So once you find this kinship with this person and you find success in it, you stick with that person, usually. That's how those collaborations are born. Um, um, Am I answering your question? Want to make sure I'm on the right track.
0: Yeah, you definitely are. Like I said, some people get caught up in the allure, like everything just runs together fluidly. Like there's no um, breakdown or there's no uh, how can I say it? Like, there's no space to give any leeway, whereas though one idea isn't entrenched into the other, like it's it's like fluid. Yeah.
2: so 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 like so. I said Hamilton was developed for seven years, right? So we took students to see it uh, from Spelman um, in 2016, wherever that was, um, and we also had a book club. So we had to read the biography, Alex Chernow's biography, and we had read before. It's an 800 page biography. I haven't read a book that long in a very long time. But reading it, there was no way in my head that I could look at this source material and say, yeah, hip hop musical. I can get back. Right, right. Right. Or the story of an immigrant, even. Because even reading it, I'm like, these are all white folks. Right. 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 But not really. Right. Creole. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, you, but you could put everything. You could put everything on stage, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that that Len probably has more pages on the floor than he does in the book. You know, it's just from just from ideas that that didn't that songs songs that didn't make it. Just the songs mm-hmm. that didn't make it, right? So you pick you pick the best thirty songs, and we got a musical. But he probably has maybe twenty five more great songs. Just, but you know now they has to now you talk start talking about money and mm-hmm. how long can you ask an audience to sit through something like this, right? right? So you have to have to give and take it. Then hopefully, know, hopefully, especially in the world of film, we'll, we'll hope there's a sequel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we're, right? Right. our film, so we can tell more of this origin story or we can go back to the beginnings in a, in a later version. You know, because, think so. Think we saw. So.
1: It is interesting, you know. Walt and I had, you know, pre this this um, this discussion we're having today. You know, um, I'm you know reading this the, the biography right now, and, and in the biography, it uh, talks a little bit about Alexander Hamilton's uh, mulatto possible mulatto um, background. Um, you know, with, with folks who don't know what the meaning of mulatto is means that he may have some some of us in him. <laughs> so uh, it, it's interesting that. Um, you know uh, you know the the play did not really touch too much into that, but you know you got the kind of like this the soulful flair of what's going on and bringing you know kind of history to you know to the audience today and how you know how you know in our language I guess so that we can understand and comprehend it mm-hmm. on that but what about Hamilton you know what what was it about this uh this play I mean people you know during the heyday of it uh People were paying seven hundred and fifty to about a thousand dollars, or maybe the to fifteen hundred, to get get tickets to this uh, this thing. And, and I, I've been to a couple Broadway musicals. I, I never had to pay that much to get
0: in. Let's call it. Let's call it what it really is, man. The phenom.
1: Yeah. Let's. let's, I yeah, mean, let's like call
0: it. it what it is. This is a yeah. once in a lifetime occurrence, man, and it, it came at the right time. Yeah. People yeah.
2: Working out their money, and I, I, I myself. I think I paid 250 when I went and taught the second time, uh, first time school provided the ticket. Um, and I had never paid that much for a ticket. But that's how much I wanted to see it again. I had already seen it. Like, I'm, I'm I could see something else tonight. Right. I, want, I said, I have to see this thing, this thing again because I probably won't be able to see it again. Um, I think it's one of those musicals, man, that's a musical of a generation. You know, I think it's. Uh, think it's interesting that i tell people all the time when i saw it like it's the best history lesson on this country i've ever had right you know understanding the birth of the government are the characters flawed yes but every character should be flawed so so now we're talking about as now that it's getting out to the masses now much like with gone with the wind on hbo max now we have to talk about context right talk about the good, the amazing thing that these men did, the amazing thing to leave your country, leave your home, go someplace else and say, we're going to stand up to the biggest military might in the world, and we got 13 colonies. The bravado of that, right? But they were—but the reason they could do that is because they had these slaves.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Lynn um Miranda was able to put that in um in the in the in the play, you know, to talk about the, the slaves on I think two or three occasions.
2: Yes, you know, and people get upset because because it, it wasn't more. but that's what I'm saying. You can't fit everything put into everything
1: it. in it. That's right. You know, what that's right. Are
2: you going to tell? But that's his own story. Mm-hmm. That's his own story. That's right. The story that he wanted to tell is the story of an immigrant. Right. which is a more important, a more impactful story for our country That's is the story great. of an immigrant who could come here and do these things. He's the only one that was then a president. So he was definitely shut out because of some mulatto mm-hmm. Creole. Stuff. Right. Because everybody else was elected, and ran for president, was president, were able to, were able to be jerks to everybody. And he, but here he is, arguably the smartest one. Right. Especially with words. But was but but was shut out because of because of his honesty and what what at the time was integrity
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know uh,
1: I know we got about six minutes left, but i, but I'd be if I yeah I'd be remiss if i you know wanted, I want to get your insights on my favorite actor and, and probably because it's, it's the philly bias of me uh leslie oldham jr uh, as uh, as uh burr <laughs> yeah. please give me, give me your critique on him.
2: Leslie's the beast, man. I uh, uh, Leslie. I saw Leslie the first time. Uh, he hadn't he hadn't too long at Carnegie Mellon, and he was in LA living. And he did a stage reading of a play called *Neighbors* by Brandon Jacob Jenkins. As a play performed in blackface, and he was in that. I thought it was phenomenal. And so the, the theater ended up producing that show, and Leslie couldn't do it because he had just joined the cast of *Smash*. He had moved to New York. But I was in that show. I mean, I was hoping he would have been in it too because he's just that talented. So I'm a, I'm a fan and I've been a fan since then. That was 2000, I don't know, 11, maybe? Wow, wow. Yeah, he's a phenomenal talent, man. I donated to his first album. <laughs> so did I. He was, he was a St. Tony award-winning actor, you know? Uh... My wife won a... A Princess Grace
1: Award last year. We got to see him there because he's a Princess Grace Award winner. So. That's, that's great, man. We can we can uh, talk about Hamilton. Yeah. I'm, I, I think I told you before. I'm a Hamilton nerd. For everyone out there, who knows, I'm a, bro- I'm, a bro- I'm a Broadway nerd. I, I we I know I me mean, try to make that part of my bucket list to get up there at least once uh, um, once a year to uh, oh, to yeah, catch the show, man. I love the Lion King, the Aladdin, all, all, all the whole Disney series. So. If you so ever, when it's
0: Corona, let up, we can get back out there. You know, yes sir, yes sir. If you ever need some
2: like recommendation, want to see some good stuff, yeah, you yes, want to sure good, thought provocative, you know, hit me up.
1: And, uh, I certainly do.
0: Oh, definitely. While we got you on here, if you have like a site or some type of information you want to give to our audience, so that way they can uh, reach out and get some more information really? from you, it'd be greatly appreciated as well. Real easy, KeithArthurBolden.com dot uh, or Bolden Clan. Clan
2: with the uh, dot com, clan.com dot Keith um, and that's the best way to to contact me. Uh, and I'm on, I'm on all social media, and I I typically respond to things, people. Do. So I'm um, pretty active politically. So um, if you ain't if you ain't on the side, if you ain't on the, right, on the right side of history. You probably don't want to reach out to me. But I don't alienate. I do. I do, con- I, do. I do converse. So. That's right
1: and that's that's the important thing, man. Well, Keith again, man. We want to thank you for joining us uh you know, uh, hopefully the the acting um and the 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 entertainment industry will respond and, and I'm sure they will. We we got some very talented people that that work in this industry, man, and 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 will respond and and, and kind of Bring it, all, bring it back home after this COVID-19 is, is all over, but we really appreciate your time and, and energy yeah. and, and keep up the great work, and most importantly, you know, keep developing those kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. And plus, we definitely love to have you back. Thank you, anytime. Anytime. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you. Right, so that's another episode of Real to Real to Jump Off on an all-in podcast. Keep us in weekly. We come in on Thursday, but we blast off Friday. Once again, it's been another great episode, and we'd love to see you guys again. I'm your host, Walter Damager.
1: And Rob Cooper, the Jetta. Good night, family.
0: Good night.